Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, September 22nd, 2015. And today we are reading from the big book and we are on page XIII forward to the first edition and we'll be starting with paragraph two and reading a few paragraphs this morning. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Janice B., The 12 Traditions, Diane G., and reading the text for us today is Janice M., Martha Z., and Chelsea H. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, September 21st, 2015, is 8011, 8011. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine, we take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's SIP tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, excuse me, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Jan- uh, Janice B. to read our 12 steps. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B. in Vermont, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps of OA. One, admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Janice B. 
I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire on the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Diane G. Now, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute, and once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page XIII, forward to the first edition, paragraph 2. And I will ask Janice M. to begin our study this morning. Good morning, Janice. Well, good morning to you, Melanie C., and good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. It is important that we remain anonymous because we are too few at present to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals which may result from this publication. Being mostly business or professional folk, 
We could not well carry on our occupation in such an event. We would like it understood that our alcoholic work is an avocation. When writing or speaking publicly about alcoholism, we urge each of our fellowship to omit his personal name, designating himself instead as, quote, a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Very earnestly, we ask the press also to observe this request, for otherwise we shall be greatly handicapped. Yes, let me put my time up. Um, okay, now we have to remember that this is a new, this is brand new. Bill and Bob were only four years, four years um, sober. And um, it's a, during a time in 1935 and 39 um, that, you know, they were um, lucky to hold a job because, um, you know, due to their illness. So now they have jobs. So now they're saying, and because of the publication of this book, the requests were coming in. It was overwhelming, overwhelming. So they had to remain anonymous, which meant on the outside, because they just wouldn't be able to hold the job if they, you know, told everybody, you know, what their name was. So that's because of the personal appeals, you see, due to what? Due to their sobriety, their recovery, and, of course, the main thing is the publication of this book. So it says we couldn't well carry on our occupation. So we would under, so like today, we all, a lot of us have jobs. You know, we don't do this full time. If we have the pleasure of being retired, um, like I am, I can um, do this maybe more often than somebody else, but it's an avocation. And what's an avocation? I mean, I still have things to do, you know. I'm married and have a family. But the avocation is that I choose to do this. It's a hobby, you know. I, I, I have the availability to do this. But when they talk about anonymity, what they're suggesting is, and I think this is like a people don't understand, because I didn't understand myself, that we are only anonymous to people outside, outside, not in the rooms. You know, we can say our first and last name in the rooms of the fellowship, but they don't want it outside because we don't want to, if we should, you know, fail, you know, then OA gets a, gets a bad name or whatever. And so they earnestly, they seriously ask the press to observe this request. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be a disadvantage to the um, to the group to uh, I mean OA or, G, or AA and as a whole and these will, will these are the traditions tra- tradition 11 and tradition 12 we remain anonymous because we 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 do principles and not before personalities and with that I pass thank you Janice M. Who would like Hi, to Charles. comment on Paris? Hi, Charles. Charles H. from New York. Good morning. Chelsea H. Nessa R. Larry. Okay, let's go with that for now. I have Charles H. Chelsea H. Nessa R. And Larry K. Good morning, Charles. Thank you, Melanie. You, you call my, You call me up? I did. Good morning to you. Good morning. You beat me up. <laughs> Good morning, uh, <laughs> Good morning, visionary. Charles Gates, a recovered visionary just for today. And I wanted to jump down from the one train 
and jump on this. Um, uh, it, it says, um, you know, I, you know, I'm not going against the book, but I, I'm in, I, I'm in a chase. I'm, I'm in a, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in a time zone, man. I, I'm in a, you know, I'm in a fight for my life, man. This is life and death for me, and I'm, I'm dead serious about this thing, man. Before I came, before I came to the solution, man, my A1C was 15.4. You know, too young to die, but you know what? That 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 ain't true. I was on death's bed, and I and and you know I have the opportunity to have the type of employment that I can do this full time. I don't be playing games with this thing, man. Because if I get a bright idea, right? See, I know about the promises on on on, on eighty four and eighty five, but if I get a bright idea, and and as we talked about like this week and last week, like you know, if I get a bright idea, like in the beginning, like you know, recovered, and then, and, and then I turned the dial a little bit to cure, I'm dead. So I just want to share something because I have some great, you know, some old-time AA friends, and, you know, and, and, and like Jana said, yeah, we don't admit our, our, our name to the, to, the, to the people in the fellowship because I've visited a lot of people in hospitals, and I needed, I needed their last names, right? <laughs> We're not telling them that that's not in the fellowship, but that's a personal, you know, this, this guy from AA really – took me under his wings, man. I was, I was like crazy, like real crazy. I ain't saying I'm not crazy today, but, you know, just a little more sanity and, you know, living in 10, 11, and 12 just senses me, man. I asked God for intuitive thought. I needed to, I, I thank God for the humble servant job that I have that I'm able to pull out the big book, pull it out anytime and, and, and work with it and work with others. And, you know, I don't have no big executive job, but you know what? I'm grateful that I'm not face down in the pool today. You know, today today I face my stuff. I don't stuff my face. Just for today, I'm grateful, right? And if I get a bright idea and don't get on this line and think I'm doing this for a hobby, you know, stage four cancer, um, my eating disorder is going to destroy me. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Charles H. Chelsea H. Thank you, Melanie. Can you Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Good morning. Thanks. My name is Chelsea. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. And I really like the forwards because it actually reinforces for me that this is a textbook because it's the word before the word. And I really, as I continue to study, I learned that forward is a um, written by the collective people who have authority on the subject matter that's in the book. And that's important for me to know um, because the information given here about this being an avocation and about the anonymity portion, as I look at the traditions, Tradition 11 says that the, um, this is a, pro- a program of promotion, and that's the principle that, relies, um, that lies under 11. And as an avocation, it's really a passion. A hobby is a passion. It's something that we do in addition to our occupations as we're shared, but it's also done with passion. And I don't know about you, but I can remember when I did other hobbies, and I do. I collect stamps. I have other different hobbies I do. I get all the materials for it. I get everything that's involved. I really apply myself. I get, I'm, being, I'm involved with forums about it, discussions about it. But the main thing is is that I take action on it and I actually perform the hobby with passion, with the zeal, with from the heart. 
And that's what this, for me, that's what this, um, the paragraph that talks about this carrying it as our um, occupation in addition to our occupations. And when it comes to the uh, 12th tradition, as far as the anonymity, it says in the traditions in the long form that it's an immense spiritual significance. So there's a spiritual basis um, underneath of that principle of anonymity. And within the rooms, we can definitely um, don't have to be anonymous with one another. We need to help each other. And um, I was confused with that. I didn't understand that anonymity meant and for out in the public and even on Facebook, we can bring this into this century that we're in now, Twitter, all these other things. We need to be cognizant of what's going on as far as our anonymity in those different uh, media forms. But it's really humility. It's about genuine humility. It says the practice of genuine humility, and that can be tough for me sometimes, but that's what these traditions and what these um, – instructions here in the word before the word the foreword um, is teaching me here that um, I can be with my fellowship and in the public and be a program of attraction rather than going out here trying to dictate and um, conduct how people will receive this message it's up to my higher power not me and with that I'll pass thanks for letting me share thank you Chelsea H Nessa R Hi, good morning. My name is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, in addition to what has already been shared, um, to me, anonymity means that we are all one people with a common problem pursuing the same solution, you know, the problem of powerlessness and pursuing the solution of a spiritual power greater than ourselves. And it means that you know, when we come into the rooms, we are all equal. We're all on a level playing field. You know, there's no superstars. There's no people to impress. There's no uh, people to look down on. There's this, you know, um, it doesn't matter, you know, where we come from, what we do, what kind of house we live in. We're rich or poor. We're tall or short. You know, we're black or white, you know, um, engineers or laborers, or it doesn't really matter what we are. We are all compulsive overeaters. Um, and, you know, we are the people who nobody, nobody could help. Um, and we um, are the only people who can help each other. Um, to me, that's what anonymity also connotes in addition to um, the anonymity outside the rooms um, the anonymity in the media, etc. You know, there's a level of anonymity inside the room that provides that provides safety, um, that enables me to be able to speak freely and to share um, what I have never shared before uh, with people who would not understand, um, with people in the rooms who do understand, just by virtue of the fact that we are anonymous. And the only fact, I guess, that is relevant in these rooms is the fact that we are um, compulsive overeaters pursuing um, a solution that is not available to us outside of these rooms anywhere else. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Larry Kay. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service, Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're no longer too few in number, you know, as, as, as was mentioned. I mean, that was what the, where the basis of that anonymity started. 
Um, and I also agree with uh, uh, very much with what Chelsea shared. Um, and you know, in the long, I was uh, in the long form. Um, it talks a bit about humility, and um, you know, in particular, you know, it mentions you know this idea, and I'm just paraphrasing that you know we have to you know to, we have to remain humble. Um, and, and you know what, what's interesting, what I found is, is that this, this change that, that has happened, that happens to us, I know in my experience, um, that, you know, it's, it's not, um, the, the humility is something that, that happens as part of that change too, because I certainly, there wasn't a whole lot of humility in this brain, um, you know, prior to, to, to having the spiritual awakening as the result of these steps in that part of the humility for me is always remembering that, um, that God did this for me, that I, I didn't do this for myself, you know, that I, I just worked some simple steps and then God did the heavy lifting and, and made these changes. And so with that, you know, it, uh, what, you know, it, it can be tricky straddling the fence of anonymity. So on the one hand, you know, I believe it's my duty and obligation to extend my hand to those who still suffer, you know, and I don't go out there for my own purposes. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't my, uh, my objective to become, uh, y- you know, uh, a popular in my, in my uh, community here in, in Illinois, you know, that that wasn't the, the objective is, my gosh, my life has been saved, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so very grateful for that, that if anybody wants, wants a, a way out, I want to share with them what happened to me, what God did for me as the result of these steps. And so, you know, um, you know so I extend my hand to those, those who still suffer, you know, if they want it. Um, I, want to, I want to extend a hand up. And so it's been my experience, though, at present, there, there are many people who are dying in this disease and de- desperately want a way out and they want to live. So I'm going to do that. And no, I'm not going to remain anonymous to those within the group. You know, absolutely not. Um, so I, I'm just so grateful for this program and for all the principles. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Who else would like to comment on these three paragraphs this morning? Kim G. Fallon. Fallon. Sante. Reva B. Betty W. Just one, just one moment, please. I can catch everybody that way. I hear Kim G. Sally A. I hear Santa. And I hear Betty. Anybody else? Reva P. Hi, Reva. Anybody else? Jill T. Jill T. Let's go with that then, please. I have Kim G. Sally A. Santa H. Betty. Reva P. And Jill T. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And I want to slam home that idea of anonymity. I think Chelsea brought it out, and Larry kind of reinforced it. But the idea that anonymity is about level of press, radio, films, and and, uh, media. It's not about inside the fellowship. You know, I remember being so affected when I'm a podcast person. I will seek, you know, teachers in in all um, the 12-step programs. And I was listening to an AA speaker talking about how this anonymity, we are using it against ourselves in the 12-step rooms. And he actually called out Overeaters Anonymous. He said there's a, there's a sister fellowship called Overeaters Anonymous. 
that has taken anonymity to such, a, such an extreme that it has become a secret society and the fellowship is dying. I mean, I couldn't believe my words, the words he said, but it also rang true with me, is that we have become a secret society and our fellowship is dying. You know, in step three, we're being told that, you know, that God is the principal. We are his agent. And we're not supposed to be a secret agent. We're not supposed to be hiding. We're supposed to be letting people know there is a way out of compulsive overeating. I mean, one example is, is, you know, we ask, well, who's your sponsor? Oh, I can't tell because of anonymity. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I just want to read in, in Working With Others on page 90 when it talks about, you know, a person who is in a, you know, being approached by their doctor or their family, it says, um, then let his family or friend ask him if he wants to quit for good and if he would go to any extreme to do so. If he says yes, his attention should be drawn to you as a person who has recovered. You should be described to him as one of a fellowship who as part of their own recovery tries to help others and will be glad to talk to him if he cares to see you. How the heck... Are we going to know who can help people if we're not even going to tell someone who our sponsor is? We're being told you have to find someone who's recovered, and then we're hiding the people who are recovered. And I just want to share this because this is my opinion, my opinion. When I read the history of AA, it seems like when this anonymity was started to get warped was when AA became junior therapy, when the, when the discussion meetings were brought from the therapy rooms into, over, into AA, and people started to talk and basically have fifth steps in every single meeting. So anonymity is, well, I don't want people to know about my family and all this kind of stuff. But that's not what a meeting is for. A meeting is to share the solution. And if you're sharing the solution, there's no reason that you have to worry about what was said in the meeting and, and breaking someone's confidence, which is what I think it is, breaking someone's confidence. So think of this meeting. I'm just going to end with this. Do you know if Leia has children? Do you know what Melanie does for a living? Do you, do you know if I'm married? You probably have no idea, even though you know us from this meeting, because we share the solution. We're not sharing our lives. And that's an important um, distinction, I think, when we talk about meetings and anonymity. And with that, I pass. Good, mo oh, good morning. <laughs> Actually, thank you, Kim G. Sally A., you're next. Thanks, Mel. Good morning. A vision for you. This is Sally A., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey, and well, my goodness, um, I just think it's interesting. Um, I have a very different perspective on anonymity. I do believe that when anonymity was first formed, which is right here in this book, the first forward, when it was first discussed, that anonymity was uh, to protect the fellowship and to protect those in the fellowship, specifically their time and their careers. But I do believe that anonymity has been expanded, especially in the uh, 12 and 12. And um, for myself, I've done a lot of studying on the subject of anonymity in the last year. And the interesting thing that I have learned in, since, last, uh, since last year when I, um, I started to focus very, very much on um, weighing and measuring my food, um, every single thing that I eat. And I know you're wondering, what has this got to do with anonymity, Sally? But, you see, it started with me getting rigorously honest, severely honest about weighing and measuring everything that I eat, even in public, so that I could finally own who I am. I have an eating disorder, and this is what I have to do for my eating disorder. And what I found out in this last year of my studies, especially on anonymity, is that now I don't just weigh and measure what goes into my mouth, 
I weigh and measure what comes out of my mouth. And that is anonymity for me. Anonymity is that I do watch what I say. I don't share who my sponsor is, not because I want to be part of some secret society. It's because I want to protect my sponsor. And so that it gives me the freedom to say anything to anyone about what's going on in my life and I never will hurt my sponsor. And so the, the thing about anonymity that has been such an incredible um, growth is that when I leave out the names, when I simply take the names out of the conversation, I can then abstain from gossip, character assassination, from defamation of character of my peers. And you see, we are part of a very important herd. We need each other. And we do have to protect the fellowship. And we protect each other when we simply leave out a name. I can say anything to anyone, but I'm just going to leave out their name so that I don't hurt anyone. Um, And what I've learned, too, is that what is the vicarious pleasure that I get from speaking about somebody's name by, by saying, oh, I was talking to so-and-so. Oh, um, you know what I heard so-and-so said. And what I'm learning is that am I trying to make them look bad or am I trying to make me look good? And that's why I leave out the name for the sake of growth in gossip. And I could say so much more on this, but thanks for letting me share this morning with that I passed. Thank you, Sally A. Santa H. Good morning, Melanie. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay, great. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Santa H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And thank you, Melanie, for this service this morning. And thank you to all my fellows that share uh, some great stuff, ditto, ditto, to a lot was said. Uh, what I want to focus my share on is that line where it says, we will like it understood that our alcoholic work is an application. And that line is so precious to me. Um, I, and I, I heard it said that it's a hobby and that we are passionate about this, and all that is true. And I also like to use what I often tell my sponsors, that I do this for fun and for free. And I believe, based on the research that I've done, that the reason that we do this for fun and for free is the reason why I feel that AA still exists today and as strong as it is. And based on a little bit of research that I've done, um, AA wasn't the only people on the scene trying to get alcoholics sober. There were other groups doing the same thing, but they they weren't doing it for free. And so maybe the question would be the funness in it, I don't know. But the fact that there's no ulterior motive, um, it was was what makes this program so effective. And I just want to share a couple of things in the book that backs that up. The first thing is um, I do this here. I do have ulterior motives why I do this, and it's on page 14 where it says that last paragraph, um, particularly, it was imperative to work with others as he had worked with me. This is Ebby talking, Bill talking about Ebby as his sponsor. Um, faith works, faith without works was dead. It is appallingly true for an alcoholic. If an alcoholic fails to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through works and self-sacrifice um, of others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots. So in order for me to remain sober, I must <laughs> do this work. So this avocation is very, very important to me because I want to keep my sobriety. I want to keep my recovery. And the other thing I like what it says about this here, doing it for avocations on page 18, where it says it's one of my favorite paragraphs that describes to me what an ultimate sponsor is, is 
that he has no attitude of holding in doubt, nothing whatsoever, sincere desire to be helpful. So if I'm not getting paid for this, you can tell whether I'm sincere about it. Uh, and then it goes on to say that there's no acts, there's no fees to pay, and no acts to grind. No people to please, no lecture to endure. These are the conditions that we found to be most effective. And so that's why I think this program is so powerful, because we just lay the spiritual toolkit at one's feet. Take it or leave it. I have nothing to gain from this from you other than the promises of this book. And that's why I love the fact that this line says this so humbly well said that we do this um, we, we, alcoholic, I'm wrapping this up, that alcoholic work is an avocation, and I'm so grateful for this line. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Santa H. Betty W., you're next. Good morning, Melanie. Uh, thank you for your service and for giving me the privilege to share on the meeting. I'm, good morning, everyone. I'm Betty W. from Central New York, Fayetteville to be exactly, and um, I'm a compulsive overeater and compulsive overeater. Um, to me, uh, anonymity is a very precious uh, spiritual tradition, and um, it has two parts to it. The anonymity means that I'm just another person on the OA bus seeking recovery, but it also means that um, uh, I am not to share um, my truth about with others unless they will be helpful to someone else. And my truth meaning if I know someone who went to a meeting or if I uh, talk to someone, it's not necessary, as I've heard someone just mention, a name because uh, names can carry an awful lot of uh, significance when it comes to whether someone was at a meeting or what somebody has done for the day. And so that's their privacy, and since I want people to respect my privacy, I consider this a trusted privilege and a spiritual tradition and um, something my higher power would want me to do to respect other people's um, uh, privacy. And um, I, and that's where I, I agree with Chelsea that the humility comes in because saying I'm another person, just another person on the OA bus doesn't make me any better or worse than the next person. And um, I, I'm uh, reminded of page 67 in the 12 and 12 that says that um, self-righteous anger also can be enjoyable. And then it goes down to say that gossip barbed with our anger is a polite form of murder by character assassination, and it has satisfaction for us too. Here we are not trying to help those we criticize. We are trying to proclaim our own righteousness. And in the past, whenever I have shared something about someone that I had no right to, it was about elevating myself and not helping another. And I am very sorry that I did that in the past and try very hard not to do that today. So I'm so fortunate that I was helped to understand by OA what anonymity is. And um, and I'm so glad we're talking about it today. And thank you for listening. With that, I pass. Thank you, Betty W. And then I will call on Reba P. And after that, Jill T. And we'll move on right after Jill T. to the next paragraph. So good morning, Reba P. Good morning. This is Reba P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Uh, thank you very much um, to hear the different perspectives on anonymity and avocation. 
those are the two concepts I'd like to share on this morning. And I don't speak for program because I don't know if I really understand those terms um, so accurately. For me, for my experience, um, when I initially came into program, anonymity was tremendously important because for me it meant that what I said in the rooms stayed in the rooms um, and it wasn't going to be advertised outside um, that I was here, uh, what was going on with me, my food, um, and the steps. Um, and it, it made it a really safe place. And at that time, I sort of separated my um, program life and my outside life. And I had an integrated program into all my affairs. Um, and it was just very, very safe. Um, and also means for me, you know, I don't put this on my resume. This is not something that I brag about um, or on the opposite end feel less than about. Um, it just puts us all, as was shared before, on an even playing field. Um, and then the connection with avocation, for me that meant, and I've heard newcomers share, you know, who's the leader here? Who's the boss? Who do I talk to? Who's in charge? And I love the fact that this is not a business. Um, hobby does not really um, explain it accurately for me because it's way more than a hobby. It's, it really is life and death. But for me, what avocation um, reminds me is the purpose of working the steps and the program is to have a life. This is not my life. This is like a football huddle. We all huddle together and then we go out and we play the game and the game is life, happy, joyous and free life. So, you know, only doing meetings, only being in program, I don't think is really uh, living the steps. Um, so it's not like a little hobby that I do on the side, um, and I don't mean to be critical of what was shared, but just it's, uh, it's all semantics. For me, it's the word um, makes it seem like not so important, but th the purpose for me is to go out and live life, and I work my butt off. You know, I work the program. It takes a lot of work, um, but it's to integrate back into the stream of life, which I never had had before when I was doing face plants and the food. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And the last one to share before we move on is Jill T. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, and thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Jill T., uh, Recovering Compulsive Overeater from Pittsburgh. The word anonymity. First off, I want to thank all of you that uh, have demystified it for me today. I get just so much from each one of you that have spoken. Uh, also, um, what it brought up was when I first came into the program, I was such a people pleaser that I didn't want to be in anonymous. I wanted everybody to be looking at me because I was so insecure of who I was that I needed everybody involved. I needed their input, and it gave me control. It gave me distraction from my own hollowness and emptiness. And I've come a long way from that and because of program. And I'm also, um, so I'm getting to a place like in our little, um, the OA literature that says, oh, the one, I think it's one day at a time that says, I will do, today, for today I will do somebody a good turn and not tell them about it. If I'm found out, then I have to, that doesn't count. And I'm also turning the anonymity into my marriage in that I'm going around, the, not 
intentionally, super intentionally, but as I go through my day, I don't turn to my husband and say, oh, look, I did such and such. Or, you know, I don't draw attention to myself in those ways so that it takes my focus off my husband and puts it on my higher power in that the action I take needs to be between me and my higher power. Yeah, my husband might benefit from it, but the action is between me and my higher power. Also, um, the, the word anonymous, uh, where I am today is that uh, I am much more aware of my emotions. And uh, even this morning, I realized that I can withhold what I want to say to somebody. Then I go home and I tell my husband what I wanted to say in public. And uh, whereas now I'm beginning to have conversations with people outside the home, I finish it there, and then I don't have any unresolved issues or emotions to bring home. I am anonymous. I had a conversation with somebody. I said what I wanted to say. They talked to me, and then I come home free from carrying the burden of um, having not been myself. Anonymity really does mean, for me also, uh, being myself in my own skin, just right here. I can keep my identity to myself. I don't have to ask others for approval. Uh, is this good enough? Is that good enough? Am I good enough? And I also don't push my uh, my personality on others as well. And I just thank you everyone for listening. Um, OA is teaching me a lot about uh, my identity. And um, I'm just loving these scriptures right now. And I am on day 53 of 90 meetings in 90 days. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jill T. And Martha D, will you? Hi, yes. Uh I couldn't get in, and it's such an important paragraph. Could I share? And who is this? Mary. Mary. Oh, hi. Uh, Yes, Mary Ann, go ahead. It really is a... It really is just a wonderful paragraph, and I know some meetings we spend the... Hello, Mary? I think we've lost you. Somebody keeps muting me. Did this you hear Simma? anything I said? Did you hear anything I said, Melanie? I, I, I don't think so. I think we just got the fact that you were interested in sharing on this. If you can well, I don't a know who keeps... Share. Yeah, can you hear me? I can. I sure can. Okay. I wish the person would mute me. I really mean good. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm going to start again. I was saying how... Some paragraphs are just so, you know, weigh so much more. And this one is, I just want to talk as a sponsor. The one thing I say to my sponsees is anonymity is so important. Um, And I say, can you do that? Because I want people to feel safe that they can share with me and I can share with them. And they're not going to blabber it all over the way. And I can not tell you my experience of my sponsors and people would say, who is your sponsor? And they, why? Why why are we called the secret society? It's just common sense to me that um, because the basic nature is to gossip and to, and I want somebody to be able to come and say, my sponsor told me this. They don't have to tell me their names of their sponsors. They say, and I really have a hard time with this. Can you help 
me with this. So I just wanted to share that, that to me that is, is everything. And I'm sorry that people think we're a secret society because I surely, I will tell the world that I am a compulsive overeater. I'm not ashamed of anything. And I just wanted to make a public apology to all of you. Um, I know that I realize, I really, if I come across wrong, I love our group. I feel I am a member of this group. Time. I just still, I, I just want to finish my statement. It's an apology. I just don't know if um, if our group shares our experience, strength, and hope, or if I should be a teacher, because I know when I thought that I should be a teacher, I got into so much trouble. And I was asked, do not be a part of that group. And I thought, why? It's because I was teaching and in teaching so many, there's such a danger in teaching because, but anyway, I do apologize and I love all of you and I hope you can find it in your hearts to forgive me. And Melanie, thank you so much for having this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Mary A. And Martha C., will you take us into the fifth paragraph, please? Thank you. Good morning, Melanie. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Thank you for your steadfast service. Uh, this is Martha C. I am a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from a suburb of Philadelphia. And good morning, my friends in recovery. We are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. There are no dues or fees or dues, whatever. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. We are not allied with any particular faith, sect, or denomination nor do we oppose anyone. We simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. So, uh, let's see. I, I, I picked up in the beginning where it said, um, it said, the only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. And I noticed that the word honest is dropped from our third tradition. So I think that that's, that's kind of interesting. I, I kind of wish they would have left that in. Um, I certainly had an honest desire to stop overeating. I was thinking about it earlier. I I didn't just want to eat whatever I wanted and just not get fat. I My life was so crazy with what I was doing with food. I had an honest desire to stop overeating. And then it says um, that we're not allied with any faith sector denomination do or do we oppose anyone and to me that says that it, it it it's kind of the religion versus spirituality question and that is that um with OA we are more it's more a spiritual program it's not so much a religious one so with religion it's more about the ritual and in you know, the way it has to be practiced, but with spirituality, it's more about our personal relationship with our higher power. And I love that freedom. Um, and I, I I believed in God when I came, but I had no, I was, I want to say I was agnostic as to application. I had, you know, he was not in my life. He was not present in my life. And today I have this lovely relationship with my higher power that helps me with everything and I'm so grateful for that I just wanted to get thin I had no idea that I was going to find an answer that helped me with all my problems and um, the last part of it says we simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted and 
I love that. I, I, I feel I was, I was reflecting on it earlier. I was thinking about what my life was like when I was in my disease. And I was not helpful to anyone. I was too busy crawling out of the hole that I kept falling into. I just, I was too busy thinking about myself all the time. And so anyway, I'm so grateful because I, because of this, I can be uniquely useful and helpful to other people. And and I want to. I'm so grateful to to actually have something that I can share and to have a solution that that has worked for me. So. Thank you so much for letting me share. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you, Martha Z. And we have time. It looks like uh, we'll allow for two, maybe three shares this morning. Who's? Do L. Ronnie P. Ronnie, and one more. We'll see if we can grab that one up. Anybody else? No one else. Okay, great. Thanks. We'll start with Do L, and then with Ronnie P. Then this, this is morning. Simma. I do. Hi, Simo. We'll see if we can grab and grab you up and put yes, you in. Not real sure if the time will allow, but we'll check it out. Thanks so much. Do would you go ahead, please? Good morning. This is Duell, Recover Compulsive Overeater um, from New York. Thank you so much for your service, Melanie. Um, I like that that uh, first sentence. We're not an organization in the conventional sense of the word, and you know we don't have um, governing people. We don't have a structure. Um, you know, where we have an organization that we have a dictator, we have people that are presidents or chairpersons or, or that sort of structure. We have in um, a very unconventional way of doing things, and it's called the traditions. You know, we follow traditions that govern the way we uh, function as an organization and as a people. And I just wanted to backtrack a little bit um, about the traditions of anonymity because I think that's really important to understand that there's two types of anonymity that we're talking about. We're talking about the physical aspect of anonymity at the public of radio, press, and television, and we're also talking about the spiritual aspect of anonymity. So a lot of times we, we're talking about the same thing and yet a little differently. And um, and it gets confusing for people, right? So um, I just wanted to go back to the book where it says about the um, 12 traditions. Um, step 11 is talking about, I mean, tradition 11 is talking about the personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. So that's the way the structure, the organization works together to safeguard the anonymity towards the organization as a whole. You know, and, and that's great. You know, we need that because we can't name people's names out in public and put a name and label that organization with a personal name because that would bring demise to the organization. But then there's the 12th tradition which speaks about anonymity at the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personality. And I think Sally covered it beautifully when it comes to the spiritual aspect of anonymity and respecting people and their privacy and their confidentiality. And I think sometimes we get it confused and we tend to play semantics and get it, get it all twisted. But, you know, if you study these traditions, they have a principle for everything. You know, and that's why I like what, what it ends up with. Um, we have tradition seven for membership. We have 
tradition 10 for anonymity. We have tradition 6. We have all these traditions that help us to work together and function as an organization. The 12 steps are to function as individuals, but when we come together as a group, then we have the traditions. And that's, that carries us far more than what we can think of. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Duel. Ronnie P. Uh, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Ronnie P., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Pennsylvania. Um, <clears throat> this, this page is great, and it's really interesting to see where they put it. They put it at the very front of the book. So even before we talk about steps 1, 2, 3, 9, 11, 12, this is the foundation. So they're, you know, they're saying, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to show you how to build something, how to build a new way of living, you know, how to build that arch that you will walk through as a free man. But before you take that first step, here's how we do it. And then they just got into just the very, the very foundation of what is going to be necessary so that all that other stuff that's going to come later is built on a solid foundation. You know, you build a house and the foundation isn't solid, it's not going to stand for very long. Or part of it will stand, part of it will crumble, you know, it'll be a mess. Um, and I say, you know, this, this page also reminds me that eventually step 12 says we practice these principles in all our affairs. They don't just mean we practice it in the rooms. It's like we take it out into the world. You know, <clears throat> we are not so special that we are separate from the world and we're just our own, you know, coven of recovered people in the rooms getting better and coming back to report how much better we are. You know, we are meant to be, I think, um, you know, recovered people um, among, among brothers and sisters in the entire world. So practice these principles in all our affairs. And um, <clears throat> I have to admit, I find that, you know, I find that really difficult. To practice the principles of this program in all my affairs means that life gets harder for me. I can't gossip because that's not of God. Um, you know, I... I I have to think, well, all right, I'm angry at this person, but, <clears throat> you know, where might he have been coming from, you know? Um, it's, it, it's a tough program, um, but it has so much integrity and so much honor and so much respect in it and pride, I mean, like the good kind of pride. And um, it all begins with these foundations. And, you know, the foundation of anonymity um, is it, it just pulls self out of everything. So that even if I am sharing with someone something that I heard, if I keep it on the point that somebody made, then it's it's uncluttered, you know, it, it's just uncluttered communication. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I can sort of stay, you know, just at the central points of what was made. And if I practice that principle in all my affairs, um, I can I can do that out in the world, also, and with other people. And and it just you know it keeps. It keeps the conversation elevated. It keeps my spirit elevated. Um, it helps me be an elevator of other, of, of other people's spirits. And um, I think that's how we can really, you know, be, be a reflection of what our higher, of what our higher power is. Um, and with that, I pass. Thanks for hearing me out, and thanks for, uh, thanks for your service. Thank you, Ronnie P. And Senna M., I apologize. That may have to the end of our meeting today. Yes, Yes, who is this? Sue from Michigan. Hi, Sue. Yes. Hey, uh, how do I get in line to speak? Are you on your phone? Uh, 
Yes. You un yeah, you unmute your phone and then you say your name and, and as the moderator is able to hear your name, she'll call on you that way. So everyone doesn't hear me ask? It, it so sounds I'm unmuted. Like that's the case for me today. If the, if you had said something prior to, yeah. It sounds like that today. So if I unmute and I ask that I'd like to speak, everyone doesn't hear me asking. Until you unmute me. Or no, I don't you... unmute anyway. But maybe can oh, we talk name. about this as soon as we wrap up the meeting okay. and I can give you a call thank you. whatever thank you very and yeah, much. thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate that. And thank you to everyone that shared today. Um I would like to um, invite everyone to please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing of this meeting today. And um, as we close, I would like to ask Chelsea H. to please read from the uh, big book on page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Chelsea. Good morning, Melanie. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. <laughs>